Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. People are fascinated with Exodus. What we're reading right now is really some of the most familiar stories in the Bible. And even Hollywood seems to have been particularly enamored with this story in the Bible. I mean, just think, going all the way back to Cecil B. DeMille and the Ten Commandments, to the Prince of Egypt, to even a more recent movie, uh, something about this story of uh, God taking the people out of Egypt and the Ten Plagues and what we'll get to with the parting of the Red Sea, all of these things have fascinated people. And so, therefore, this part of the Bible is not really unfamiliar. In fact, it's probably one of the most familiar parts of the Old Testament. But what is it saying? What can we learn, especially as now we see the most most of the 10 plagues in our Old Testament reading today in Exodus 8 through 10? What's the point? I mean, you're going to see the things that you're familiar with, the frogs, the gnats, the flies, the hail, all these different things, the locusts. But what's what's the point? What are the things that we can learn? Well, that's what we want to dig into today. And what we will see, I think the headline over all of this really is the supremacy of God. God is revealing his power, his glory. And even going to what we talked about in the last section, why didn't the people just get set free immediately? Why didn't God just change Pharaoh's mind? Well, God did that ultimately to show his power in a way that wouldn't otherwise have been seen. And as we go through these, we'll see uh, some of that. So we read chapters 8 through 10, and the first plague is the plague of the frogs. You know, this is one, you know, even my own kids with, you know, especially my younger ones with the picture Bible, you know, they can get fascinated by this and they want to see the pictures of the frogs and they want to see the pictures of the piles of dead frogs at the end. And all of these things happen, but the frogs come. But notice again, just what happens starting in verse eight, where Pharaoh calls Moses and Aaron and says, plead with the Lord to take away the frogs from me and from my people. And I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, be pleased to command me when I am to plead for you and for your servants and for your people that the frogs will be cut off from you and your houses and be left only in the Nile. And he said, tomorrow, Moses said, be it as you say, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord, our God. Even there, Moses is making it clear. You you are going to see there's no one like our God. And even the Egyptians lived in a very polytheistic society, idols, Uh, multiple gods, and many of these plagues even will strike right at um, the heart of some of these false gods. And as you continue reading, you'll see some things that really even set apart the power of 
God. You'll see you get to points where while Pharaoh and his magicians, however, you know, whether that was just through deception or tricks or even just demonic power, they were able to, to some extent, replicate some of these signs and plagues. You get to a point where they can't. Even by the third plague, the plague of the gnats, verse 19 of chapter 8, then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And another thing that God does even to show his power and his glory and his might in all this is as the plagues go on, he shows a clear separation between his people, uh, the, the Israelites, the Hebrews, and where they lived versus the Egyptians. And so all of this, God is showing he is more powerful than Pharaoh. He is more powerful than uh, Pharaoh's magicians. He is more powerful than the Egyptians' gods. He is the Lord. Uh, that is the message of this. Uh, another thing that we see interesting in all of this is how that there's the repeated phrases of Pharaoh f- hardening his heart. Or sometimes you'll notice it was it's passive that his heart was hardened. Or sometimes, like in chapter 9, verse 12, it says, but the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And, and so that raises a lot of questions, particularly getting into, okay, God's sovereignty, human's responsibility, who hardened Pharaoh's heart? Was it God or was it Pharaoh? And that's where, uh, you know, we have to step back and say, I'm not going to be able to fully understand all of this. I can't understand the majesty of, of God and, and how he's orchestrated these things. But to some extent, you see Pharaoh is not innocent, right? And even in all those discussions of God's sovereignty and human responsibility, even when we see characters like Pharaoh, or we see even people today who are lost in sin, and even to some extent, maybe you can say God is hardening their hearts. I think we see in this, there's never a case in which, well, they are totally unwilling for that. Uh, no, they are willing participants in this hardening. Pharaoh is hardening his own heart. And that's where, you know, we could get lost in the weeds of trying to figure all of that out when we're not going to be able to fully, in our finite human minds, reconcile the, the truths of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. But we can miss the point and the warning that we need to hear today. That God is still in ways showing his power, even just through his word. Uh, But many people are refusing still to acknowledge him. They are hardening their hearts. How many people even involved in making the movies about uh, God and his power in all of this will not actually acknowledge that in their own lives? How many people that have read their Bibles really will not uh, turn from their sin and follow Christ? So really, there should be a warning in the heart of Pharaoh to all of us not to harden our own hearts against God, not to become spiritually calloused, but to be sensitive to God. And when we see God even bringing discipline into our lives or, or God working on something in our lives to listen to him. Pharaoh should serve as a warning for us. So in these chapters, I think the headline is God is supreme. He is the Lord. There is no one like him. And so may we respond today by worshiping God as the the king above all kings, the God above all gods. He is the Lord. There is no other. And therefore, he deserves our worship. And also, unlike Pharaoh, he deserves our submission. 
And maybe we should spend some time today reflecting on our own hearts. Is there any way that you or I were hardening our hearts against God and what is his clear will for our lives? So these might be very familiar stories uh, from either reading your Bible or Sunday school when you were a kid or the movies. But hopefully today we have a better sense of what the meaning and the big picture and the understanding of these events should be. And speaking really of hardened hearts, that helps us transition to our New Testament reading today, where we look at Matthew 12, 38 through 50, Mark 3, 31 through 35, Luke 8, 19 through 21. And Matthew gives us the longest section there, the Mark and Luke passages seem to be kind of sharing a same story at the end of the Matthew passage, but it starts with the sign of Jonah, and we see some Another example of hard, hardened hearts. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then he goes on really to speak of his own resurrection. And they're wanting a sign when haven't we already read about Jesus raising from someone from the dead? Haven't we already read about several miracles that Jesus has done even by this point in our journey through the life of Christ in the Gospels? We have seen many of those things. And they are not willing to believe. And ultimately, the sign Jesus is going to give is his own resurrection. And that's a sign that we still have. I mean, I think that's even one of the most powerful things Christians can come back to in sharing the gospel is the resurrection. Did Jesus rise again or did he not? And all the evidence points to, yes, he did. But people today are still unwilling to believe even in a clearly resurrected Savior. And so that, again, we should cause us to check our own hearts. Have we come to fully embrace the risen Christ as Savior and Lord? Because the alternative really is the path of Pharaoh, hardening our hearts and ultimately one of destruction. Uh, Then we also see something very interesting and I think should be in a way special to us in that final passage. This is the part that's repeated in all three of the New Testament gospels we're looking at today, where They come and they say that his mother and his brothers are standing outside. And he says, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, let's just take that as an amazing thing that you and I can be a part of the family of God. That if you have turned from your sin and put your faith in Christ, he would look at you and consider you you a brother or a sister. And even some of that gets us to think about some of the passages in the New Testament that remind us even that we share in the inheritance of Jesus Christ. And so let that even put two alternative paths in front of us today, a path of ignoring the, the supremacy of God and the power of God that will ultimately lead to destruction or a path of submitting to God, turning from our sin, trusting in him that leads to a part of being his family. So as we have talked about these familiar stories today, may our hearts be encouraged and may we see what Hollywood can't really see, that there truly is no one like our God. Let's worship him and live for him today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. 
To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.